This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live from the hearts, hearts of Lincoln, Lincoln America, America. Welcome, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Oh, it's a special edition uh, for the next couple of nights at 9 o'clock. You're going to introduce us to some folks in a very special event. You will be invited to and welcome to Ignite Lincoln 15 for Coco Theater. Y'all know me, I'm DP. 402-464-5685, start a hand text line. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, please go ahead and lock in, send text, and we'll we'll, we'll get, get you some responses. We'll take care of that for you. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and, oh, Allo Channel 951, if you're just into it. Again, the special side of this thing is storytelling. And anybody that knows me and listens to the station on a regular basis knows that I fall in love with the stories because it often shows uh, every side of us, the good side, the bad side, the in-between sides, and then the message. And it's important to be heard. One of the great gifts and one, one of the great blessings that we have, especially in this medium, is to allow people to be heard, to be seen, to be acknowledged, to be human. Yes. Um, so through the course of this thing, over the course of the next hour, one, we will invite you uh, to, to Ignite Lincoln. Go to IgniteLincoln.org. Uh, tickets are available there. This is an affordable show. You can bring the family to this thing. So tickets are available. You get to meet everybody, come take pictures, come hang out, hear the stories. But this is some of the best storytelling in Lincoln. That's what it is. Um, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm honored uh, to be a part of this event. And I want to introduce you to two of the young men who are going to help pull this event off. Um, and I will, Toot, would you please introduce yourself, sir? All right. What is up, listeners? My name is Toot Kailach. I'm a South Sudanese refugee residing in the Big L, Lincoln, Nebraska. Very well done. Alan, let them know, bro. Hi, I'm Alan Ward, a uh, traveler and uh, been to a lot of places. Thank you for having me on. Alan, we're going to start with you. Toot knows the deal. He knows the routine. He's been on this station before. So, <laughs> yeah. so he gets way less airtime than you. Okay. Yeah. okay. Like he gets way less time. Plus, he'll get more I'm stage happy time. About that. He'll get more stage time on, <laughs> on the night. Like he, he'll get way more stage time than we will. So, quite frankly, this is about us. And okay. he's just here. I'm just here. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate this moral support. Though. Right, I he's just here for the pretty face. We yeah. don't care like the rest of the story. Now, here's the deal, <laughs> Alan. You mentioned you, you said you're a traveler. Yeah. Give me details. Uh, so I've been to 45 states and seven countries. I've seen everything from the fall change in Maine to the northern lights in Alaska. I've gone bungee jumping in California, swam with dolphins in Hawaii. Uh, the, the reason I traveled so much for a while there is I was a tower technician, which is like one of the most dangerous jobs you can do in the United States. I think like it kills 13 people out of 30,000 that work in the field every year. And uh, so, yeah, I was climbing like 300 feet in the air um, making this stuff like the radio stations and phones and everything possible so it was why, pretty cool why weren't you around months ago when i need to put up a new satellite well <laughs> where were you bro like 
That's easy money at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so after 2020, so my plan for 2020 before COVID happened is I was going to go to Australia. I'd been sponsored on a visa to go and live and work there for a year. And basically what happens is you go to this company and you say, hey, do you want to sponsor me as a citizen for a while? And they front you the money to get over there. And so I was accepted for this uh, tower climbing place over there. And then I was in Texas. I remember it pretty vividly. Everything was kind of like getting eerily quiet as I was going down to Texas and there was like no cars on the road. And I remember being in Texas and then suddenly the lockdown started to happen. The masks started coming out like it was just like quick, like within 24 hours. And I remember sitting, thinking to myself, I have the money to go over there right now without knowing what's going to happen with this virus or whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. Or I can stay in the United States. And my first thought since I was in Texas was like, well, Australia doesn't have any weapons. So like if I need to defend myself, <laughs> enough, yeah, I was like, I'll be all right in America. I don't know about so much in Australia. So I, I decided to stay and um, I think it was a good choice. You know, I've, I've been going to school and stuff and uh, just kind of changing my path. And I now I'm talking in front of like, what, six, seven hundred people. I'm proud of you, bro. Yeah. Thanks. You, bro. I appreciate it, man. I, it's always good to see you doing your thing, you know, yeah. your clothing line and then the shows you do and the people you interview. You notice he didn't bring us any clothes. Well, I'm actually wearing his clothes right like, now. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Too, like, you met me, bro. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Why Next am I I'll having to, like, why am I having to negotiate? Harrison, look at it. He looks good in clothes, man. He's, he's, he does. Like, he looks good. This I hope so. Fantastic. I wear him every day. Right? Like, I mean, like, you know how to do that. Like, we know how to put him in clothes. I mean, he's got hats, bags, track suits. <laughs> and like... we have nothing yet. Uh, so there's that. There's that. We'll change that. Yeah. Alan, tell me, where's home? Uh, so homes technically Lincoln for me. Um, I came here when I was 17 years old out of the foster care system. My uncle, uh, Eric Conley, uh, got me out of the foster care system because he was a foster care kid himself. So when I started off in Lincoln, I literally had no friends, didn't know anybody in high school. So it was a pretty rough transition up until I was about 23 until I started establishing myself. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I love this town. It's beautiful. I've been to a lot of places and a lot of different cities and, uh, I wouldn't, change this down for the world honestly i mean that with all my heart through all of this right and again the stories are why people will show up and give their time and listen mm -hmm. and there's always stories behind the stories right we meet the current versions of ourselves and then sometimes we miss the thing behind the scenes that, yes. that, that people don't notice so alan i'll say this we we talked a little bit before and there's a lot of commonality and we miss so many of those shared moments mm -hmm. by not talking, mm -hmm. <laughs> by not talking. And when you sit down we find out, listen, you and I both, man, we're both on a search. We're trying to figure out who, who we are and where we come from. And one answer is way more interesting than the second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One is way more interesting than the second, but tell the, tell the listeners the story you were telling you're searching. Uh, so <clears throat> when I, uh, when I entered the foster care system, it was, um, for those that don't know, like one out of four kids won't ever graduate going into the foster care system. It affects like 400,000 kids a year. Uh, one in three will get a diploma of some sort mm -hmm. of higher education from a college. And then less than 3% of that 400,000 will get a bachelor's degree. And there's a couple other statistics, like seven out of 10. If you're a female, seven out of 10 females will have a child 
without a father by before the age of that they're 21. Yeah. So the situation as far as foster care is pretty severe. And when I went in, uh, I was transferred from place to place to place. And it took my uncle quite a while to find me because it, for some reason they withhold the information even from family members yeah. because it's, uh, like court ordered. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I was dealing with depression and suicide. I was like on eight different psychotropic drugs at the time that I was, uh, in, in the system itself. And, you know, I, I wasn't ever angry about the situation. I was just trying to understand like why I was going through this moment in my life yeah. and what it was going to lead to if, if I got out of this moment mm -hmm. and, uh, I remember one of the situations that I got myself in is like, uh, I just couldn't think straight with all the medication that, yeah. and I found out later that the psychiatrists that were prescribing it were actually getting, uh, kickbacks from the, 100%. Pharma <laughs> from the pharmaceutical company. So that's why they had me on so many, but like, uh, a couple of the side effects were like, I'd have really vivid, dark, bad dreams, or like my hands would shake when I would talk to people. Mm. And then, uh, I was also on, which is basically like meth but concerta yeah. Yeah. so i was going through withdrawals so i'd get really angry and i don't i didn't i didn't ever want to hurt anybody with like my words or physicality so i took it out on myself so self-harm kind of became a thing and yeah. then uh i remember one night it got to a point where i went too far and then they ended up transporting me to the er and i remember kind of seeing the people that were around me at the time it was pretty uh dark like i couldn't cloudy in my vision but I was just like, um, I basically prayed to God at that moment. And I'd been reading the Bible. I remember the story of Job and how the man had suffered through all of these events. And then eventually, you know, he never, he never was angry. He never cursed God. He was just like, there's something that this is going to teach me at the end of this journey that I'm on. Mm -hmm. That'll bring me back to what I'm supposed to be for yeah. the glory of God. And so I prayed to him. I was like, I don't know what you're doing with me right now. I don't know where yeah. I'm at. Like, yeah. I Welcome just like, the team. yeah, right. if, you, if you let right. me survive right now, right. Like, I promise yeah. I'll make the most of it. Right. So, and then, um, my uncle got me out when I was 18 and, um, it was a rough transition, but things started getting better. And then about 26 is when I started traveling and stuff. So through, through all of this and again, shared the commonality, the, the shared meeting place, um, a part of my journey, uh, took me into science and science informed me that every single one of us shares 99.3% of the same DNA. Talk about page it. for page. That's crazy. The same about. DNA that it's word for word, the same. And then there, are, you know, 7.7% of the, there are variances, in different combinations that provide the uniqueness of us, of us all, mm -hmm. but that all of us require in order for DNA to process the way that it needs to, that, all of us require friction. Yes. <laughs> All yeah. of us require friction. Makes sense. And the most unique and the strongest things on the planet go through the greatest amount of friction. Yes. The greatest journeys, the greatest stories ever told all have friction required. And then they also say that uh, your DNA from your past ancestors. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
carries into you. So whatever they experience. Tell it. Tell yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. If Tell you, it. No, you heard about this that? Is, yeah. no. So this is this is the thing. Through 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 the journey and finding all the stuff, what I then found out is to go back, mm-hmm. and because one, I didn't know DNA, yeah. I, I didn't know anything about the science, right? But learning my friction took me into this path and it led me to people who could tell the story, and then it goes back and they say we can track your male your 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 male uh, DNA mm-hmm. back to the pyramids. That's wild, right? That that Ramses the third, we share we share some of the same dna mm-hmm. and he's sitting in a tomb next to king tut yeah right and you you don't know <laughs> this stuff about yourself mm-hmm. i also found out that of all of so in civil war in america mm-hmm. right started in alexandria virginia my, yeah. right where i'm from at a hotel where the confederate folks had put a flag on top of the hotel and president lincoln sitting in washington his soldiers reported and said hey they've got a they've got the flag over there what do you want us to do and he said go get it yeah go take that down <laughs> and, and he's their crew over and they go up to the top of the hotel they go they have to go up the stairs mm-hmm. and the first guy up gets to the flag and he gets to the bottom of the flag get the bottom of the stairway and he's shot and killed first casualty of the civil war wow. shot wow. and killed that was my third cousin the person that shot him was also my third cousin mm-hmm so crazy because it was families fighting other families it, yes. like so much of of the history behind it we think of if i asked you if i asked harrison mm-hmm. and it's different each conversation yeah. is different. Yeah. so if i asked harrison what is his family name harrison what is your ha- family name arns <clears throat> arns what are your two family names uh what do you mean two like family names name. so you oh came, yeah you came creamer from, arns okay what are your four family names I got a tricky tree, DP. I'll say that much. The, the, well, well, but this is the, the, we all do. Here's the thing: mm-hmm. you've been led to believe that it's difficulty when it's an actual truth. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know one name. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of the names. Mm-hmm. Then you realize you have four grandparents. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you have eight great grandparents, yes, and then that keeps going. And sixteen. If you mm-hmm. go back four generations, a hundred years, mm-hmm. hundred years, you have. 364 grandparents you have six 364 names hey 300 people who are directly dna coded into you that's ball telling you a story giving you every habit yeah. and feature that you have <laughs> that you don't understand yeah. every weird thing that you think is a quirk there's some ancestor who is smiling every time you use it yeah every time you, my right like well. every little thing that was passed along directly to you and I think in the stories, mm-hmm. the beauty of Ignite Lincoln is that it allows people to tell their story mm-hmm. and to be able to feel comfortable that yes. you're telling the story. We always say you're telling the story for somebody else mm-hmm. to recognize themselves in it. Yes. And, right. All right. And that's what it is. So you're going to tell your story. You, what you told tonight is for people who are out there searching. Yes. And right. to let them know that, you know what, they're not alone. You are not. They're not oh, by the, definitely not like you're not by yourself. You're not weird going through it. That there's beauty in it, the strength behind it. Like I just met you, and you're one of the strongest people I know. Oh well, thank you. I so what that. you've been through, look, man, tell your story. Mm-hmm. Like that's the beauty of this thing. Two, let them know. Okay, let's tell the story. Okay, so ignite sprung from ignite talks. Uh huh. That was started in 2006 by Brady Forrest. Okay and Brie Pettis. So their whole envision was 
um, everyone speaks. And with that came 350 plus countries of them doing talks of Ignite talks, right? And so they're they're worldwide, but the mission is everyone speaks. So they believe and we believe that with public speaking, it builds individual confidence and things like Ignite Lincoln builds the community in that way. So what we're trying to do is make it possible for everyone anywhere, anytime to learn how to present their ideas and their stories. And it's all also about having fun. And what you were just explaining earlier, we all kind of share some sort of similar struggle. Mm -hmm. And when you see somebody else kind of verbalizing and communicating your kind of issues, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a friend, I have a brother, I have a sister who I can confide in and ask questions and get advice. So that's what Ignite is about. But Link Ignite Lincoln started in 2010. But uh, Ignite Lincoln wanted to make more of an impact on Lincoln. So in 2013, they opened it up uh, to the community and opened up to get sponsors and all the tickets that were sold were then give it to nonprofits. And the people that are at these events get to vote on the nonprofit they want to give their money to. Are you allowed to say who those five nonprofits are? Give me some time because I, I have them. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, <laughs> we have time. We, we, got, we got a full hour, so we're good. Oh, we got time. We're okay. good. I need I need the toot story. Oh, you need my story? Uh-huh. It's a great story. He's oh, told it God. to me a couple times. Yeah, I need I need that story. Like who you are. Who am I? Where you're from, who you're trying to be. Like this is a good this is a good question. Okay, so my name is Tud Kailech Tuanguirach. So those are my four grandfathers. Uh-huh. Wow. So in African culture, they always quiz you so you know who are your Isn't forefathers. That just like I miss that so much. Yes. So every time I see one of my uncles or grand uh my my dad's friends, they'll be like, Who are you? Yeah. And they'll be like, Okay, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. So yeah. So I'm a uh South Sudanese refugee. Okay. My parents fled the States. Uh they fled Sudan at that time because of civil war, because of all the adverse effects that came from it. They traveled down for we got to Nairobi, Kenya in a refugee camp, Waldar refugee camp, and I was born there. Uh, before that, my mom had three kids, but they passed away due to all the things that go on during Civil War. There's a lot, man. And so, was born in there. Two years later, we uh, before that, we were uh, applying for sponsorship to come to the United States, and then we were picked up two years later by a Catholic organization in Texas. And I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out who it is. Ah, ah. So yeah, so my parents, uh, we grew up, you know, pastoral cattle herding. Then we came here. So it's a whole different lifestyle for my parents. So we're all figuring this out together. Yeah. yeah. New language, new customs. So then we moved around a lot. We move around with our other tribe members. So they seek it out. Okay. There's job opportunities. Okay. The school good. Okay, yeah. cool. They got a bus system. Okay. Cause we got to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we moved to Dallas, then from Dallas to Nashville, Nashville to San Diego, San Diego, back to, Gallatin, Tennessee, 30,000 people. And then we came to Lincoln in 2005. Welcome. And yeah, through all, throughout that time, I learned what it was like to be alone because I'm like, most of the time, I'm the only African kid in class. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to fit in with some of my African American friends, but they're like, nah, nah, you yeah, but you're African. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like like, a different, it's a different kind yeah. of like, but I'm like, culture. Wait, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. 
Aren't you African too? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you're young, you know. Hey man, you're just look, ignorant look, to it. Look, you know? look, that's <laughs> that's one hundred percent true. Yeah. Oh. But then, yeah, that that led me to how to build uh, relationships with people I don't know. That that taught me how to start a conversation with with a person I just met in the elevator or somebody I'm walking down the street with. Like it's kind of weird we're not talking to each other. What can I find? Oh, I like your shoes, bro. And then we start talking about something. And then what's your name? So that that's gone on. But throughout that whole time, go go to college, being one of the first to graduate uh, high school, and then get my uh, my bachelor's at UNL with my sister. She got her um, bachelor's in. Uh, she's a nurse, a registered nurse. So yeah, we're trying to figure out where we want to go in life because we're the first in our generation to come over here. Oh, and you got your citizenship. Yeah. Like I guess, so I got my citizenship 2019. Yeah. I remember the post. Yeah. So Cause I couldn't go that? to, I couldn't go to college to play any sports because of my citizenship status, but my dad became a citizen in 2003. So naturally I'm supposed to become a citizen. Uh-huh. But the thing is you have to sign paperwork before I turn 18. My dad didn't know that. Yeah, no way. So he was already in Africa when they told me to send this, these documents to him. Like, Wow. Ain't no fax machine out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My parents and yeah, I'll, email, I'll email, email. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't good. send that, so I just have to stay with yeah, my yeah. mom, you know. And then that taught me what do I want to do. I learned all these things through the jobs I don't really like that I had to do to help my mom, you know, raise my siblings and whatnot. So I'm the oldest of fourteen, and that was rough. But now I want you to repeat that. I'm the oldest of 14. And I thought two was bad. Yeah. My dad wants a big family, as you could tell. But here's the thing about about, uh, immigrants that come to, they, and uh, a couple people have commented on that. You Mm -hmm. guys like literally have the home network where like everybody will go out work and then they'll build together instead of like, you go this way, do your own thing. You go that way. And I've always admired that bring the money to and, the and i think that's part of the problem in america with some families is they don't have that mentality of like we're, we're we kicking to... the kids out yeah, at 18, yeah they don't even know anything <laughs> it is it's culturally mm-hmm. and i think we miss we miss the range on culture yeah. um, uh and there are tons of discussions because none of them are the same they should work from the same ideal but they don't yeah. so um what we'll do is we'll go to break when we come back Tudor will let us know who the those nonprofits are. who those nonprofits are and then we'll sneak a little bit more into who they are. And then finally, in the last segment, I'll let them preview. They'll just give you a snippet, a small bit of what they're going to present at Ignite Lincoln 15. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 